Good morning. I got an uh, email from Pastor Mark, and it was from him this week, because, uh, <clears throat> because it was a reminder about the sermon text. So who would do that except the real Pastor Mark, right? <laughs> so if it was you know, some kind of uh, financial contribution, I would have uh, my suspicion. So if it is a Bible text, consider that would be your Pastor Mark, okay? Something else, be cautious. So, um, <clears throat> and in that Bible text, um, uh, for part of the sermon, it reads, be filled with the Holy Spirit, do not get drunk with wine. And I said, oh wow, this is one of my <laughs> passionate uh, texts. And I said, is it Pastor Mark's suggestion or is it on the lectionary? <laughs> be filled with the Holy Spirit and, um, and uh, you know, don't take risk with African preachers with that verse. Uh, because, <laughs> because it really speaks volume uh, for, 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 for all of us, indeed. Uh, because <clears throat> I cannot see ourselves just coming and going empty. And this is a reminder of uh, this wonderful uh, praise team and all the song choirs uh, since the morning. We have seen what the Lord is doing among his people to fill them up with his presence so that they can respond in similar ways. So. When it comes to those things, you know, Ababa Zema is one of the spiritual leaders who impacted my life uh, in, in, in Ethiopia. And uh, he has passion for the gospel that continues to inspire me, even though he still lives in Ethiopia and I live here. And when I think about committed, passionate communal worship, I think about Jesus, of course, and then I think about some of the people the Lord has used, and uh, Baba Zema comes to my mind. So many stories about communal worship and how Pastor, uh, sorry, Baba Zema from that pew uh, kind of always uh, lead the worship. Whoever leads the worship would be appreciated, but almost everybody knows uh, the you know, constant uh, encourager in our communal worship uh, would be this person who sits and engages with heaven and also embraces brothers and sisters around him with a warm worship expression and with a committed heart. He is a farmer and he makes sure that he brings from his farmland something to stand at the end of the service uh, in the congregation and then uh, we are going to change this agricultural product from my, my farm every Sunday. With, with, with money so that we can uh, bless the work of the kingdom. And that's what he does. He's so gifted, committed, passionate, everything when it comes to the worship uh, engagement. And um, one of the incidents was that the church was under persecution, of course, when uh, we were little kids and uh, teenagers. Um, and the church leaders, out of uh, cautious move, um, asked the congregation to slow down with their you know, uh, music and worship movements, you know, in Africa it can get very loud. And you can annoy the governor, you know, next door. And that governor can come and say, you know, I, I, I have closed it. You know, it's serious. They, they can shut down ministries those days. So out of that uh, curiosity and carefulness, the elders uh, and the leaders asked us not to clap in the church, which is which is a tough deal for, for those 
Christians in Africa. You guys can stay for a while without those things, right? Without clapping. Africa cannot survive. <laughs> that, that's, that's them, really. That's their love language. Without making that, you know, uh, shout of joy. How, how? So, that person wasn't really happy when the leaders make that statement. It did not settle well with him. So, during those uh, uh, days, you know, one of those Sundays, the preacher preached about the marvelous love of Jesus. How Jesus paid the ultimate price to save our life. And after his sermon, he invited Ababa Zema to come and pray after his sermon. And now we see the same passionate but a little more explosive with the love of God. Ababa Zema standing and saying in his prayer, Lord Jesus, my dear Savior, the love of my life, you took in your hands the largest nail ever to save me. There is no way for me to fold my hands, sit back, and fail to respond to your amazing love. And he kept on saying, I know the elders have their intentions, but there is no way for me not to clap for you. And he kept clapping while he was praying. We opened our eyes. We saw this guy on fire in the middle of his prayer, clapping for heaven for the love of Jesus. You know what the rest of the congregation did? We stood up, joined him, clapping, praising. From that day on, nobody from the outside or inside dared to come down that congregation. Because when you are hit by what the Savior did for you, that is enough for you to be picked up from wherever you are and join the hosts of heaven and glorify his name. And that's what we do every time we come to worship as communal community here to worship and magnify his blessed name. That was exactly what was going on those days for the church in Ephesus. And the Apostle Paul was encouraging this congregation going through persecution. And he tells them to make the most of the time in their communal worship in the face of trials and sufferings. He said, redeem the time. He, he talks about the Kairos moment. Even in the midst of you know, all those troubling things, God is not changing mask after mask, worrying about what is going to happen with this next phase of pandemic, which is really troubling for us. But heaven is very calm and quiet, actually enjoying, enjoying what God can do in the midst of all this chaos. And Apostle Paul was reminding these people, remember how God from above and from beyond intersects and cross all these things, your usual up and downs, your chronos is intersected by God's unique intervention for you to join him in the new way that he wants to lead your life. What's the message? Redeem the time. Redeem the time so that you can glorify him. And that's what Jesus exactly did when he came to this earth and started his earthly ministry. He said, 
the time has come. Of course, people chronos, that's how the Greek function within the time frame that chronos, the regular time frame, the up and downs, sometimes the weary, the difficult, you know, repetitious kind of time concept is there. But God also has that kairos moment, unique moment in which he can reveal himself in the midst of anything. And then he draws his, his people towards himself. And that's what Jesus said. The Kairos moment has come. The kingdom of God is near. The king is here. The power, the most powerful Lord, him alone, he is here. So respond by turning your life towards him. Repent and believe in the gospel was Jesus' message. Because it's not really a matter of changing religion or some sort of psychological adjustment. It's a new sphere of authority that will be released in your life when you meet and see your Savior Jesus stepping into your life from the heavens into where you are. And everything becomes new for you. So in that moment, the disciples said that no longer the chronos of their time would keep them where, wherever they are. But they were released. They felt that the call released them to join Jesus, their new master, in the new way to glorify him. And brothers and sisters, that's what God is telling us in this moment. He wants to talk to us in a sweet voice telling us this is a special moment, not with anyone primarily, with him, with him, so that we change ways and follow his sweet lead in our life. Not only that, the apostle was reminding them about, yes, you are separated from the evil world, but Christianity is not done because of some kind of separation from the evil one. There is also another level of glorifying your God, of course, by separation from the bad things, but also by immersion, by putting yourself, by diving into the ocean that we were singing. All mountains, oh, sorry, all fountains of my, my life is in you. Is that what we sang, Ricky? All fountains of your life is in one space, in one place, in Christ Jesus, in his spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually, the apostle Paul is not saying, uh, try to look for your, your fountains. Try to, you know, wander about your, your fountains or the ocean or the sea. They are available. They are there. The call is for us to dive in to dive in, to swim. That's what Ababa, Zema, and the people those days were doing. People thought that these people, because of this persecution, because of this and that, cannot survive. But these people, every Sunday come, and you know, one of the songs Ababa, Zema, and the folks were singing, Alta Fanim Bagetawust Allen, Bafakru, Baharust, Yehaw, and Wanyalen. What did I say? Come on, come on. I'm not speaking in tongue, okay? It's okay. It's Amharic. 
Mangesha can translate for you, word by word, some other time. What they are saying is, we are not perished. We are not destroyed. We are still in Christ. And actually, we are swimming in the ocean, in the ocean of his love, was the translation. Is that close enough, Mangesha? Thumbs up. Okay, great. Wonderful. It's not about really, you know, the devil or whatever comes at our life, destroying us. Even in the middle of those destruction, not only surviving, but swimming in the love of Jesus. In the love of your Savior. Blessed be his name. Amen? Amen. Blessed be his name. It's not that, you know, things are absent. Things happen, bad or good. But our soul is kept in that fountain where all of our fountains actually is in Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul encouraged this congregation to engage in worship from that perspective of abundance. The Holy Spirit is there. The ocean is there. Be filled with the Holy Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I love the way we worship here. I was early in the morning with uh, the guidance of my dear brother uh, helping me and Nick helping me with the second service. I engaged with psalms and hymns and now also thanksgiving all for the glory of him. Amen? All for the glory of him. For the apostle, God is so great. No joke about it. Anything we can do to glorify him is not enough. Because he is exalted even beyond our blessings, beyond our praises. As a young guy, what really consumes my heart is, I always come to worship this big God. And I always see my worship, you know, insignificant. We try to catch up. Of course, we cannot get there. Because even though with the company of heaven for thousand and million years we worship him, his greatness not only just deserves that, but he is even exalted above everything we can do as his people. My prayer is for us to strive, continue to be inspired by that love, and continue to ascend like David did. He sees his God. And at one point, actually, he has to, you know, respectfully disagree with his wife because she was, I don't know, in the middle of worship, why she was calculating things. She was doing something. Why you have to worship this way was her criticism. He said, you can say whatever you want. I know who, what he has done for me. I will do even more than what I have been doing because his love is so great. That's what motivates us. We're not crazy people to come every Sunday, even in the middle of the storm, and even you know, packaged by our, our, our masks. We're not crazy people. We know that even when it comes to God, with mask. Even under our masks, we can glorify him. We can come together and worship him. The love of Jesus compels us. 
If we clearly think what he has done, whatever we're trying to do is just really a catch-up. We cannot get into the bottom of the ocean. When we thought it is the bottom, it keeps on going deeper and deeper and deeper. As the apostle said, until you are folded in the fullness of God, until you are folded in the fullness of God himself, we march in the spiritual world. And when we do that, we're not doing it alone. Christianity is not a one-way, a one-person, ecstatic, you know, transcendence into heaven, as some of uh, the young Christians, you know, in our days in Ethiopia did. When they are caught by the love of Jesus, some of them, you know, they are new Christians, you expect sometimes. They leave the church, they leave the community, and, and they say, I have seen a dream, I have seen this vision, I, I have to ascend, I have to go and, and meet the uh, Savior. Okay, in your time. No, 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 now. And some of them actually even climb a tree. You know, they go to the tree. I remember vividly, we had to come down and try to bring this guy down. Please. And they say, no, Jesus is going to see me and I want to see him and this is the way to go up. He refused to leave that tree. Like Zacchaeus, you remember? But Jesus came in a nice way. Yep, you can worship me wherever you want, but come down. <laughs> there are other brothers and sisters with whom you need to worship. And we will, and I will take you all together to my blessed home. We're not called just, you know, this segment of people to worship Jesus, that segment of people to worship Jesus. We're not called for a divided worship. We have one God, one hope, and one heaven, and one promise that he has given to us. And that promise brings us together. That grace brings us together. And we will march into the gates of heaven, not as a solo singer, but as a worshiper, community of worshiper, and join heaven and heaven hosts to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Blessed be his name. That's why we are called brothers and sisters today to give, to give him thanks at all times. That's what it says, at all times, in everything. Not because all things are friendly. Not because all emotions are ready. Our emotions can go up and down. But you know, our default position for us as Christians, with or without season, is to give thanks to him with a committed and with a grateful heart. May the Lord continue to bless the Lutheran Church of St. Andrew to ignite the love for Jesus and continue to bring others. And there is one concluding story. Let me tell you that and then I'll, I'll finish. This Christian woman was in a sinking ship. The ship was going down. And she was sinking in the middle of death, destruction. And she had her little kids. And by praising God, she was also trying to calm down the little kids. There was a passing ship, tried to also rescue them. And there is a soldier who was not a Christian. He detected this singing mother in a sinking ship. And he could not believe what he heard and what he saw. She was singing. 
in the midst of all this chaos. You know what he said? If she has this kind of faith in the middle of the storm and destruction, I want to have that kind of God. And her bold, her bold witness to the name of Jesus in the place where that is not expected led this man to believe in Jesus and to believe in the gospel. And he became Christian. When we, when, when, when we give him thanks, that will be extended to others. The world will know that Jesus is Lord. May God grant us the grace for us to be thankful and continue to give him thanks with a committed, passionate, and grateful heart. Amen? Amen. Blessed be his name. Thank you so much. God bless.